0: Feel good. You can be seated. Thank you so much. I am so. I just got really giddy. Now I've been excited. I'm an. I'm easy to excite. I'll tell you that. I live on the earth on the verge of excitement at any moment, and I am highly flammable. So, <laughs> any little spark can set off a whole forest fire when it comes to Pam Ross. But while uh, Apostle Sherman got up, I just got super giddy, like little kid giddy, like ice cream truck giddy. I don't know what happened to me. (laughs) I don't know exactly what happened to me in that moment, but I think it might be an indication of what God wants to do in you. Yeah, could that be, that could be it, couldn't it? Let me tell you something. I love the Lord and I love your apostles. They are my family. Y'all can clap for them. For sure. They're amazing. I mean, they are just like, they are, you know how, what, what do we call them, hashtag goals? They are hashtag marriage goals, hashtag teamwork goals, hashtag gym shoe goals. They, <laughs> they make all kind of things work, and I, I absolutely love them. I will go anywhere and show up fully present, highly caffeinated, to be to do anything they want me to do because I I know that they know who I am and even before I was fully settled uh, with who I am uh, I came and trained for them I think this was the very first one and I trained and things got a little out of hand and uh, my brother said to me as I'm wiping sweat he said when are you going he said no I have you reconciled any accountants in the room reconcile it you get a sum total balancing he said if you reconcile the fact that you are an apostle and you know sometimes when god tells you who you are you want to hear it from somebody else it's like when your grandma say you cute <laughs> grandma say you just as you cute precious you say thank you granny but granny i mean come on granny you know how you hear from the Lord, you're kind of like, is this God, is it me, I don't know, I feel apostolic, I kind of move, you know, you don't really know. And so when my brother told me that, it was like, my God, I'm gonna have, I had to do work with the Lord, and I had to uh, just get rid of some fear and get moving and begin to really be PR the builder. So I'm happy, happy, happy to be here. I'm going to jump into this word. The Lord uh, gave me a word on healing the offended heart. I know that's how I felt he said I said what do you want to do he said I want to I want to healing the offended heart isn't he wonderful now let me tell you wait there's more he's not only is he wonderful he's all-knowing because what your apostles did not know I mean I come every year right I come every year and he's already told me you're booked for life so I'll be 90 years old talking about apostle granny Ross coming to train you no but i'll be 90 with a good support bra just like i ain't gonna do that uh, uh, uh. come on i mean hey declare what you want to see right but he said, he said <laughs> so i'm coming anyway you know you're coming anyway but i'm generally not here every sunday I usually come in on Friday or Thursday and train, and I have a wonderful time with all of you hosts. First of all, congratulations, you're amazing. Every single one of you that makes service happen. you are fantastic. Uh, the church does not happen. Very little happens without the heart of a volunteer. So I, and my heart is with volunteers. So, uh, th- so I did not know or expect, you know, that they were going to ask me to preach on Sunday, but when they said, "Hey, you're going to do Sunday, wonderful. Then they told me what I was going to preach. They said, you know, we're in the the, um, summer body series, and the next topic is offense. And I said, the first thing I said was, I'm anointed for that. I did like a little kid. I said, I'm anointed for that. And you have to remember that when the Lord many times gives you a prophetic word, like these two prophets, a prophet of reformation and a prophet of uh, equipping and uh, the multiplier prophet. So when, when the Lord gives you a word like that, it's, not, it's, it's for the, what's coming next, you know? And so sometimes you get something and you say, amen, amen, but it's good that you recognize it when the opportunity comes because a prophetic word is like a deposit put in. Have you ever gone shopping at a store and then you get all the way home after spending your much-earned money and realize you had a gift card for that? I had a gift for that, and I used my own hard-earned, but I had a gift. Are you hearing what the Lord is doing for you? I used my hard earned. You know, sometimes you think you got to plow through. you got to use your hard earned. But you, you get home and go, oh, man, I had a gift card for that. God already gave me a gift to handle this word. I'm being offended. Isn't that awesome? For you. He did it for you. That's how much he loves you. That's how much forethought he put into today for you. And so, just in case y'all don't know me and you don't believe me, I wanted them to play a part of that prophetic word. I got this word in September, and uh, can y'all just play the first two minutes of it?
1: Be- um, when we were in prayer, um, I heard the Lord say that you were in in a season where He had tried to attack your heart, and um, you had. To force yourself to be intentional on guarding it. Mm-hmm. Um, and the Lord said, um, Your intentionality in this season to guard your heart uh, has pleased Him. Mm. And it was almost as if um, God was looking to see how you would respond. Um, but because you responded properly, the Lord said, I'm about to reward you in this Thanks season. And the Lord says, And not only am I going to reward you, but what I'm about to do is I'm about to entrust to you those uh, who are wounded, those who even. Um, are are, are bound by the spirit of of offense and I'm about to give you authority over this thing uh, in ways that you couldn't even imagine and I literally see uh, you like pulling people out of graves and God's going to cause you uh, to cause those who uh, had experienced uh, things in church and had experienced things uh, almost like okay I I thought I was coming to a place to to get all of this And, and that process things didn't go the way that I thought and I ended up in a, uh, a different kind of space than I intended to be. But that's gonna give you the grace for me to pull them out of that. And I see even uh, um, over like the next few months what God is going to do. Okay, is thank going you, that's to, good. Um,
0: the, the rest is all goodies for me. The first part was for you. Basically what the man of God said was there was a season when the when Satan came after your heart. And because you had to intentionally and with great effort, and it was very, very true, with great effort, I had to guard my heart because I knew that the offense was coming not from my mind, but for my heart. And there are people in the Bible, even kings in the Bible, that did the right thing but with the wrong heart, and it didn't end well for them. And so many times when you are finally get to the place where you had been dreaming of and hoping for, and you finally get to the place where you feel like you're going to be able to rest now, the enemy sometimes will, and the place even of authority, and the enemy will come for your heart so that your heart will be hardened and your heart will not be able to be touched by the the lord think about joseph you know he finally gets to the place of his dream where he's gone through prison and the pit and the accusations and now here are his brothers in front of him and if his heart had been hardened he probably would have done with what most of you would have done when he saw his brothers he would have said off with their heads but instead he had compassion on them because the 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 he he he, he purposed in his, not just his mind, in his heart, that he would not let his heart grow hard. And so in that season, the devil came from my heart. And because I, I defended it, you know, many times you do what's right just because it's right. And when you do right just because it's right, the Lord is watching. And here comes the Lord with the reward. And the reward is authority over the spirit of offense. Isn't that blessing? So it's one more devil that I get to slay everywhere I go. <laughs> I'm super excited about it, and I'm excited about it for you. Uh, I, am, I am known as the force of joy. I'm a happy person. If you don't like happy people, leave now. You're going to hate me in 30 minutes. If you're annoyed with me now, <laughs> it only gets worse. Yeah, <laughs> get happier and happier the more I preach. So, But it's important that you remember who God is sending. He's sending someone known as the force of joy to affect your offense and to shield you from offense. <laughs> Isn't he clever? I mean, he's brilliant. I, I'm amazed. I, of all the things I love about you know how the Bible says, worship the Lord with all your heart, your soul, your strength, your mind. I love to worship God with my mind. I love to just ponder on how amazing he is. Give you ever just worship him with your mind and think and ask him to align your mind and give you genius? I love that. Do it and then uh, inbox me and tell me how, what a wonderful experience. Let's talk, about, uh, <laughs> let's talk about what it means to be offended. Are you note takers? Yes. All right, I'm, I'm going to teach for about 10 minutes and then I'm going to try to preach for about two minutes and we'll see where it goes. Uh, what it means to be offended. Here's a definition, of, and this is an offense. A harm or injury done to someone a harm or an injury done to me you know you're offended and let me say this being offended is not the sin Mm -hmm. offense is going to happen how do you know when you're offended there's a harm or an injury that's done to me quite basically this is what you say you hurt me you hurt me right here's the other definition a stumbling block or a cause of temptation that one is a little bit more common, a stumbling block or a cause for temptation. This is what it sounds like when that happens to you. Now, because of what you've done, I've got to get around this. You di- i got to get over this. Like some things you can just power right through, but some people are a whole speed bump. Some of y'all is a dip in the road, and other folks, I mean, you're a whole construction zone just offensive and so now I've got it I got to now because of what you did because of this offense now this is something I got to get over or I got to get around it takes a little bit of time the other thing is you know it's a stumbling block or a cause of temptation here's this is what that feels like because of what you did now I'm very tempted to get in sin because they did that I'm really tempted to get in sin I'm really tempted to say or do or be something that disconnects me from God. Sin is simply the act of disconnecting yourself from God and becoming a zombie, right? Because he is your life source. So you know you're, you're offended when you've been hurt or injured, or when someone has done something that may tempt you to sin in response to what they did, Or they did something so big that, uh, now I'm just going to have to get over this. Got it? Being offended is not an attitude. So if you got an attitude, did I tell you that I love you? It's important that you know that. All right. If you got an attitude, (laughs) it is, it's hard to take correction from people you don't think love you. If you got an attitude because you're offended, eh, foul. You can't say, why you got a stank attitude? Why are you being mean to everybody? Well, I'm offended at that, so now I'm becoming a sprinkler of negativity because I'm offended in one direction. All right? So an offense is not an attitude. Offense is, a, is an instance. It's, a, it's something that happens. I'm offended. It happened. Something happened. makes it easier to get over if you think of it as something that happened. All right, let's go to our second point. Where does offense come from? Easy answer. It comes from Satan through people. Look at somebody say, don't be the doorway. It comes from Satan, but generally it comes through people. And the more strategic, it's got to come through people closest to you. The more, the more painful it's got to come through people that you don't expect to open up to them. They open up to you, and out comes the hand of your enemy. And now you got something I got to get over because now I'm, I'm offended, right? Let's go to Luke 17 and 1. Luke 17 and 1. You there? Oh, not yet? Who's there? You know, we're our uh, headquarters. We are so Apple addicted. Where are all my iPhone users? You should be there by now. You should be there by now. Uh, everybody else is still flipping pages. What's happening? Where does it come from? It comes from Satan through people. Luke 17 and 1. Jesus said, say Jesus. Jesus. Everything he says is truth because he is the truth, right? All right, so Jesus said, it is impossible That no offenses will come it's just impossible you're not gonna live your life saved or unsaved and have nobody ever offend you now let's 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 deal with that truth okay you're brilliant people if it's impossible that no offenses will come that means every single person in the room that's more than three years old has been offended everybody And I know, trust me, I know. My boss calls me princess. Isn't that terrible? Just make everybody else jealous. (laughs) Don't call me that publicly. They're going to stone me, right? So even the princess gets offended. They're everybody in the room. So sometimes when it happens to us, do you feel like you're the only one? You feel like, can I get a spotlight here? Like, can we stop the whole film? If this life is a movie, can we just stop? Somebody push pause because I just got offended. They just did this to me. It's unbelievable. I just can't believe they would do that. Have you ever responded to offense with that phrase? I just can't believe. I just can't believe. Jesus said, believe it. I just can't. This is what I want to do. I want to take the sting out of offense so much by making it not even special. The spirit of offense wants to be so special to you. The spirit of offense wants to be so special to you. Offense, you are not special. Offense, do you hear me? I know you in the room. You devil of offense. I have come to tell you, you are, You ain't special. It ain't special. you can't pick on me. It ain't special. Everybody been offended. Trying to act like this thing is so big and so special and they offended me at Target and they offended me in children's church. Oh, I'm just offended. I can't believe this happened to me. Yeah, I believe it. Jesus said it's going to happen all the time. Come on, speak to that spirit. Say "Offense, offense. You are no big deal. Trying to be a big deal in your life. Trying to slow down your attitude. Trying to slow down your destiny. Trying to trap up your money. No, this is not a big deal. Put that devil in his place. You hear me? Auntie said, put that devil in his place. I mean, don't pump it up. Don't you magnify it. Don't you glorify it. Don't you testify about it. Don't you make it big. You, you serve a hundred people, and one of them got a bad breath and a bad attitude, and that's the testimony you bring home. Oh, you won't even believe what happened to me today. Thirteen people said, God bless you, and one said, I don't like you. But we got to go home and, and give offense all the praise. Offense, you are no big deal. Jesus said, it, it's no big deal. Happens all the time. Happens all the time, Right? It's impossible that no offense will come. It ain't no big deal. I can get over it. He's my redeemer. (laughs) And like a bridge (laughs) over troubled water, he's going to take me right over you, your words, your bad day, your funny looks. I'm going to just keep right on moving. Glory to God. (laughs) It does not originate with people. But it will come through people, and it's no big deal. Look at the dangers of offense. You ready? Point number three. What are the dangers of offense? Number one danger, it hardens your heart. It hardens your heart. And I'm gonna tell you, I mean, this is the hard part, because sometimes it's easier to be wrong than right. It is for me. It's easier for me to offend you than have you offend me. Because if I do wrong, I know how to apologize. I will come back. I mean, I'll say, hey, God dealt with me about you. Uh, Pastor Julia, I am so sorry. Would you please forgive me? I was out. I don't know what I was thinking. I was out of order. I would never want to dishonor you. I need to stay connected to you. It's easier for me to do that than to have somebody come to me and they say, Dr. Pam, I am so sorry. I did not mean to dishonor you. I don't know. I was just having a day. I don't know why I did that. I apologize, and I'm going to work on it. And now, why? Because now, with the, now the responsibility is on me to decide what I really want. What do I really want? If you stay offended, you you um you lose the blessing of being a peacemaker. Jesus said, "Blessed are the peacemakers." You mo- you li- you lose you lose the blessing. Do you want to be a peacemaker, or do you want to keep the you want to you want to keep the distance and make someone pay? Let me tell you, I was so offended one time. Somebody made a promise to me, and not only did they break the promise, they broke it in the worst way, and it was heartbreaking. It was devastating, and I was so upset and offended. And the Lord said to me, how much do you want them to pay? He said, do you want me to kidnap them in the middle of the night when they're with their friends? And do you want me to have some guys take them and beat them and strip them naked and then publicly hang them up on a cross? And then mock them. I could, I could, you want me to do that? Like we could kid them in the middle of, we know where they hang out because they go to prayer meeting. We could go get them, kidnap him, undress him, keep him up all night beating him, make fun of him, strip him naked, and hang him up for everybody to see. And then he said, oh, I did that already. (laughs) I mean, what do you want? He's like, Pam, what do you, what do you want? Yeah. Well, I, I just want him to apologize. Well, they're not going to apologize. See, when you, when, you, when, you, when you are only looking at the fruit of something, you'll never get to the root of it. Come on, say, I'm not shallow. I'm, not shallow. I'm, coming, for I'm coming for the root. The root of offense is who? We just taught it in our very first point. Well, what? Oh. Satan. It comes from him through people. Yeah. I'm not coming after you. You're just the door he came through. I'm not trying to get revenge on you. You're just the door he came through. You've got to work with your pastor, your counselor, your friends, your heads to shut the door so the devil will stop using you. But that's between you and God. But I'm not coming for you. You're just the door he came through. You good? All right. The danger is it hardens your heart. Look at Proverbs 18 and 19. Man, this is so dangerous. Proverbs 18 and 19. It says, a brother offended is more unyielding than a strong city. And a quarrel and quarreling is like the bars of a castle. Someone who is offended and holds to that offense. Who doesn't want to give it up. It says you are Uh, unyielding, more unyielding than a strong city. What happens, y'all live in this L.A. traffic. Now what happens to people that never yield? You're getting a lot of accidents. You're going to end up crashing with other believers because I'm just unyielding. I refuse to be wrong. I refuse to negotiate. I'm not going to, I'm relentless in my stance to be right. And here's the deal. There's a lot of folks in here. Y'all are right. What they did was wrong, and they shouldn't have done it. But you have the choice to make it a big deal or not. Let it harden your heart or not. Let it harden your heart or not. It didn't come to make you mad. It came to make you hard-hearted. And the Lord cannot promote the hard-hearted. The Lord cannot bless the hard-hearted. The Lord cannot prosper the hard-hearted. Don't, this, I mean, because here's the deal. What the, the devil is banking on, this is what he's rolling the dice about. Pride come through. Whew. Come on, ego. I got my money on that ego. I got my money on that ego. Ego. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right? He's banking on, he's gambling on. Your pride will outweigh your wisdom. I know I should let it go, but... You ever felt that? I know I should let it go, but. <laughs> Don't let him win. He's a gambler. 2 Timothy 3. Let's go here, and then I'm going to tell you all a story. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Mm-mm. Help us, God. 2 Timothy 3. It says, but understand this. In the last days will come or set in perilous times of great stress and trouble, hard to deal with, hard to bear. This is the Amplified Classic. For people will be lovers of self, utterly self-centered, lovers of money, right? We see a lot of that, don't we? They're going to be greedy, desire for wealth, proud, arrogant, boasters. They'll be abusive, disobedient to parents, ungrateful, unholy. Like, look at all these sins. With unnatural human affection, just callous. But look at this that is listed among all those sins. Relentless. Admitting no truce or appeasement. Meaning even when the other person wants peace, I don't want peace with you. I would rather have beef with you. And I'll tell you why we do that. Not not that we're just all that tough. We do it because we think it insulates us from the next offense. We think if I just play hard and I and I and I just let there be beef between us, now I have a campaign. First of all, I got a whole campaign. But secondly, it's going to insulate me from you ever hurting me again. But that's a lie. It doesn't work. You can forgive people but not let them into your circle. You can have wise boundaries, but you don't have to be hard-hearted. You can have wise boundaries, meaning if you're, not, if, you're not, uh, if you're dangerous to my soul, my mind, my emotions, I can't let you close. But I'm not going to live a life hard-hearted and offended where the, I don't even hear the voice of the Lord anymore because I'm so campaigning about this one thing. As if the blood worked for all my wrong but not theirs. I mean, the price that Jesus paid. When, when your apostle took off and said, living he loved me, dying he saved me, buried he carried my sins away. Let me tell you, I have, no, I have done nothing to deserve the life that God has given me. And yet we want the people around us to earn our... There, there have been people that have been dishonorable, ugly, racism, gender bias, closed doors... And the Lord will say, don't carry that offense. Shake it off quick. The best way to do it is shake it off quick. Don't ponder it. Don't magnify it. Let me tell you, this is a very simple example. I did a favor for someone for free. The next year, I did another favor for her for free. The third year, I said, listen, the Lord told me I can't keep doing this for free. Oh, that's okay, sis. I'm going to bless you. Came and did a third time. She said, I have a card for you. You're going to be at work? Yeah, I'll be at work. She delivers the card. I opened it. You know what was in the card? Her signature. Okay, that's an opportunity for offense. Isn't it? That's an op- I know everybody was like, I know that's right. I mean, lying and stealing, right? I, I mean, I came and worked. And she's like, I'm going to give you, and and it's her signature. So, this is what the Holy Ghost said to me quickly. He said, throw it out, throw it out, throw it out, throw it out. I mean, quick. Throw it out, throw it out. out. I threw it out real quick. Don't read it. Because you know how we want to gather all the evidence. Okay. All right. All right. Come on. Perry Mason in the house. Jessica Fletcher in the house. Mad lock in the house. I mean, they went ahead. Where you at? I mean, just get me the, I got, I got, I got evidence. I got pictures. I got text messages. For what? For what? The court of heaven. The Lord already saw it. Why are you collecting evidence for? <laughs> Glory to God my God. Okay, let's look at what causes offense. You ready? I'm I'm still teaching here. Let's look at what what causes offense. Four things I'm going to give you. Three of them are you. One of them is them. You're like, hurry up and get to them, huh? Three of them is you. One of them is them. Number one, what causes offense? Mind monsters. That's a term coined from Pastor Phil Muncy. Mind monsters. Yay, mind monsters. That is when you make up Now what does it mean to make something up? When you don't have it all, so you make up the rest. rest. I don't know it, I don't know the whole story. But you make up the rest. Mind monsters are when you make up the rest based on what's happening inside of you. You make up the rest by what's happening on the inside of you. You look at somebody, they look at you a certain way, And maybe if you're feeling some way, you just make up the rest of the story. And now you're offended. Number two, y'all got it? Number two, building a case. (laughs) Number one is mind monsters. Number two is building a case. This is how we sabotage our own peace, guys. We drain our own peace with this. Building a case are are the things you make up because of what's going on around you. Mind monsters, what's happening in me. Building a case, what's happening on the outside of me. I see someone do something one time. I make up my mind about who they are. And now I'm going to look for that behavior in them every time I see them. and i'm going to build a whole case as to justify why i think they're like that mhm and then what it does is it justifies my right to mistreat them as if they're not made in the image of god just like us mhm mhm listen have you ever told the lord some people just don't deserve my love said, Pam, love everybody. God is into people. Love everybody. Well, some people just don't deserve my love. Don't deserve my love. I mean, the, the message of grace should have taught us this. Nobody deserves it. Nobody deserves God's love. And yet he gives it. How many of us want to be like God? And so when he's teaching you, don't be offended. When he's teaching you to extend grace. When he's teaching you, quit, come on, extend it, stretch it out. When he's teaching you, uh, quit with the mind monsters. Get real perspective, get real wisdom. When he's teaching you, quit building a case against someone for what? For what? What he's doing is he's teaching you to operate like him. You got to trust that the grace of God is good for you and them. Sometimes we feel like grace is not good for them. They need to be punished and then they'll do right. Kids are like that. You're not gonna whoop her? You're not gonna whoop her? Well, can I whoop her then? Somebody need to get this whooping. God, if you're not gonna do it. <laughs> and laughing at the same time. You know we have felt like that because you're offended at them and we don't want to admit and the Lord is like, you're hardening your heart and this is how you know you're hardening it because if it was soft, the the Lord would be able to wash it right away. But the more you tell him no, the harder it gets. We We risk becoming a Pharisee, becoming legalistic, And everybody has to measure up in order to be your friend. But you didn't have to measure up in order to be God's daughter, to be God's son. Come on, say one standard. For everybody. Mind monsters, building a case. Number three is a biggie, and it's simply rejection. You're rejected. There's a spirit of rejection on you where you're not happy with you. And the way you've been treated in the past, this is the only message that rejection has. How people treat you is because of you. That's the only message. Rejection tells you that how people treat you is because of you. Now, rejection is a liar. If I mistreat you, that just means I'm a mean person. It has nothing to do with you. But if you think that uh, every, everybody that's mistreated you means there's something wrong with you, you have a spirit of rejection. And so you walk around waiting for somebody to do something wrong. And they do 99 t- Sundays, they say good morning to you. And the one Sunday that they keep it moving, you say, all these saints is fake and phony, I'm out of here.
1: They all
0: love me. Talk about summer body. They don't want to be in my community. It's a spirit of rejection. Schedule your deliverance or your deliverance. I've been re- If you've been rejected one day, you've been rejected too long. If you have a thought that the way they treat me is because of me, well, they treated me like that because I'm black. No, they treated you that way because they're racist. Well, they rejected me because I'm a woman. No, they rejected you because they got gender bias. It ain't always you, baby. Rejection will tell you that people treat you a certain way because of you. If you stay rejected long enough, you are on the road to narcissism. And then suddenly, everything is about me. The weather is about me. It rained because I just got a fresh perm. I knew it was going to rain. Get off that ride now. Let me get off it. That thing called, it will wreck your whole life. All your friends will have to perform. I mean, all your friends, they'll just be like, we love you, we love you. Got to tell you that we love you. I mean, every day, it's exhausting. It's exhausting. Not getting, and getting new friends. You know what that is? You're wearing out the old ones. Come on, healing for the reject, for the, for the offended heart. that hardened heart, because I've been offended. And I don't want to be, I'm just, everybody got to prove it. And then nobody gets any grace out of you. Come on, I told somebody, I said, if you were my brand new dance partner, being a new friend is like being a new dance partner. I'm going to step on your toes, you're going to step on mine. You're learning to move together. We're learning to dance together. We're taking all these people that need Jesus, which means we have a recognition of the level of our jacked upness. Yes. And we're trying to teach us to move together, dance together. Somehow I'm going to step on your toe. You're going to step on mine. But I'm not going to get a new dance partner every time I step on your toe. Wow. Whew. Say, I am, not I am not rejected. I will not live in offense. I will not a fence. Come on. Mind monsters building a case, rejection and then I said the fourth one is them get ready, sometimes people are just offensive sometimes it's, not, sometimes it's not me sometimes I'm not making it up sometimes I'm not building a case sometimes I'm not rejected sometimes people are just offensive, the pain in them How what's coming out of them is a reflection of what's going on on the inside of them Sometimes people come screaming at you. I mean, coming out of caves, naked, with chains. I mean, all of their insanity. It's in the Bible. It's in the Bible. What I'm saying is you see all of their dysfunction coming at you. All of their pain, all of their injury is manifesting in you. All of their fear screaming out at you, trying to control you. Sometimes people are just offensive, but it's not an excuse to walk in offense. It's not an excuse to walk in offense. I'm going to give you some instructions and then I'm going to wrap this thing up. Matthew 18 and 15. You with me? You learning? Are you making a resolve? You got to make a resolve. You don't want to come to church with your mind in one position and leave and you have not been adjusted. Church should be chiropractic care. Let's uh, get some, uh, say, come on, adjust me, Holy Ghost. Come on, every system in your body is going to work better after the adjustment. Matthew um, 18, 15, if your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. Don't post it on Facebook, don't Instagram, don't Snapchat it, tell you and him and do it alone. Hey, can I talk to you for a minute? And let me tell you, this is why we don't often do it, because it takes courage. We call them courageous conversations. And this is how I started. I need to talk to you because you're important to me. That's just how I started. Hey, I need to talk to you because you're important to me. If you are not important to me and you flip me off in traffic, I'm going to keep on driving. I really don't care. If you're the checker at Target and you're rude and offensive, I really don't care. I'm going to keep it moving. But if you're important to me, I'm going to pump the brakes and we're going to talk. We're going to talk, all right? So you have that conversation with him alone. If he listens to you, you have gained your brother. You don't. What are you trying to gain? your brother. Now that speaks to our motive. Do you want to be right? Or do you want to be in the family? Do you want to be right? Or do you want to be in the body? If you come on, you want to be right? Or you want to stay connected? You take my liver out of my body. That liver is going to shrivel up. I could get a new liver, but the one that they took out is going to shrivel up. This only, you only do this when you realize I need my family. So I'm going to have the courageous conversation because this place is important to me. Hallelujah. But if he does not listen, take one or two others along with you. That very change may be that, that every change charge may be established by the evidence of two or three witnesses. Yes, you did do it. I didn't know I did it. Yes, you did do it. Now, listen, if you're the offender and somebody comes to you, don't, don't go back and forth. I, it's no jail time involved. You know how we go back? I did it. Yes, you did. I didn't. Yes, you did. As if there's jail time involved. There's no jail time involved. If I got to say, okay, I'm sorry, maybe because you don't see yourself. Other people see you differently than what you see yourself. You, you with me? Hallelujah. Let me give you this scripture, Proverbs 19 and 11. As usual, I have way too many notes, but here we go. No, before you go there, I got to give you this. Luke 17, y'all know this. Luke 17, 3 and 4. Pay attention to yourselves. If your brother sins, rebuke him. If he repents, forgive him. If he sins against you seven times in a day and turns to you seven times and saying, I repent, I'm sorry. What do you do? Forgive Forgive him. So when is it ever good to walk in offense? Never. My goal is to win you, not be right, and not launch a campaign against you. Mm -mm. If somebody comes to you and says, so-and-so did this to me, I'll say, why are you you telling me about it? Are you getting clarity, or are you on a campaign? I'm confused. Hallelujah. Proverbs 19 and 11. Good sense. Makes a man restrain his anger. Good sense is another word for wisdom. It makes a man restrain his anger. When you're offended, the first thing that wants to happen is your, your anger wants to flare up in pride. I can't believe they did that to me. Offense is no big deal. Happens all the time, right? Good sense makes a man restrain his anger. And it is, the, and it is his glory. Say glory. Glory to overlook a transgression or an offense say overlook it overlook how frustrated would the devil be if this is a church of people who knew how to overlook an offense oh it's my glory to overlook that oh i didn't oh i didn't even really see that i'll give them the benefit of the doubt here's my favorite story i asked the lord to give me a story about someone who got glory over overlooking an offense and he took me to first samuel 25 it's david and he said, this is, this is what I absolutely love. I don't want to read the whole scripture to you guys for time, but you can read it for yourself. It's an amazing story. David was on the run from his father-in-law, Saul. Saul was a wicked king who wanted to kill David. David had every reason to hate Saul, but he was, Saul was God's anointed. God had put Saul as king. And even though David knew that he was next in line, like the best man, right? He was next in line to be king. He knew I'm next, but I can't kill him. I got to wait my turn. He had an opportunity to kill Saul Snuck up on Saul and could have cut his throat and didn't do it. But the fact that he considered it and even took a little piece of his garment, what he did was he went and repented to Saul. Can you imagine what a gut punch that was? I got to repent to the person who's after me trying to kill me. You gonna make me say I'm sorry. He's the wicked one. His sin is greater than mine. He's done. The, 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 that's what happens when you build a case. You have a long list of their sins and a short list of yours. And you're mad at God when God tells you to, repent over your little one so he does not kill Saul then he's keeping the sheep or the protecting the shepherds of a man named Nabal very next chapter. now I'm doing what's right you ever do what's right and it hurts you ever do what's right just because you're doing this for God like God I'm gonna just do this for you this is a sacrifice of kindness because what I want to tell them I won't you're doing what's right, and what you're expecting from God is that somebody's going to recompense you because that's what favor is. But so when he hears that the man who he been, he's been doing a favor for, when he hears that this man is in a, in a festival in a season where he's got 3,000 sheep and 5,000 goats and he's got all this good stuff, and so he says to his 10 men, he said, Hey, listen, go and tell him this in my name. Go and tell this man, Hey, bro, my name is David. I'm sure you've heard of me. I'm, I'm everywhere, 10,000 on the gram, everybody knows me. <laughs> and uh, my guys, we've been taking care of your sheep, you know, while your, your shepherds were out here, we never molested anybody, we never stole from you, and as a matter of fact, we made sure nobody harmed them. So could you just give us a little bit of what you have, you know, just sharing the wealth because that's what we do in the hood, right? <laughs> this is what Nabal says, and you know his name means fool, so Nabal says, who is David? Who is he? He said, there's all kind of little boys out here leaving their masters, running around trying to make themselves famous. Who is he? I'm not giving him nothing. Sends those guys back to tell David. Now, when you, particularly his mentor Samuel had just died. And I've been doing good. Well, you see, sometimes you feel like you do good so long. He was really upset with Saul from this man has been trying to kill me and God won't let me take his net. And then in the midst of me out here in the wilderness, then my, uh, the only person who believes in me is dead. And they have a big old funeral in Jerusalem and I can't go because Saul will kill me. I can't even go to the funeral. And I'm full of pain. And I've been doing right even though I'm full of pain. And then this punk, Nabal, this fool gonna not even give me any sheep? I've been doing nothing but good for a long time. And then you're going to tell my guys, no. David said, get your sword. Every brother that's riding with me, get your sword. And if there be one male left standing in Nabal's house, huh, we'll see. Oh, they riding. Because my anger about my father issues and my anger from my unprocessed grief is not going to allow me to get over this offense. I'm going to take him out and I'm going to take out all his boys. I've been looking over enough offenses. I've been doing what's right just because it's right and I'm done. He's going to die and every other male, they're going to die. It's going to be blood everywhere. Let's ride. His boys were like, we're with you. And God sent a woman. She hears about this thing. She says, oh my God, this is terrible. She doesn't say this is terrible for Nabal. She says this is terrible for David. David has had it. He's coming to do this, I mean, bloodshed. This is terrible for David. Because what David didn't know, he was just on the verge. Baby, you are just on the verge. I know you've been good. You've been overlooking a fence. And people have been picking, picking. And the devil has been using people to get to you and touch you in the sensitive places. But honey, David was just on the verge. So here comes Abigail. She said, listen, you got a word over your life. She said, you got a word over your life. God wants to do the amazing with you. God wants to make you king. God wants to crown you. You're about to sit. You're going to be David to the point where when the Messiah came, they said, what? Son of David. She said, don't do this bloodshed. You are so close. And this offense has come to get you off track. She said, count it on my head. She said, just blame me. Just blame me. Just take all the good stuff and take me, but don't do this. David, listen to this woman. She went home. She told her husband what happened. She, he was drunk. She waited till he wasn't drunk. She told him what happened. He was so sick. Ten days later, he died. David said, where is this wise woman? I'm going to make her my wife. He marries a woman. Her name is Abigail. I asked the Lord, what was the significance of him getting Abigail? Apostle, this wrecked me. He said, look up the meaning of her name. If you look up the meaning of the name Abigail, it means the leader Of the dance of joy. (laughs) It means the leader of the dance of joy. (laughs) So here comes a fence to try to get you off your square. To try to get you off your love walk make you stop tithing or sowing or serving or worshiping or teaching or pastoring or counseling or ministering. And you got to look at that thing and you got to break out into a dance of joy because the Lord indeed gave David the kingdom and the Lord indeed crowned David as king and the Lord indeed caused David to bring back the Ark of the Covenant and when he brought back the Ark, baby, he brought it back in a dance of joy. He brought it back in a dance of joy. Don't forfeit. Don't forfeit your crown. Don't forfeit your crown. Don't forfeit your destiny. Don't forfeit your crown. Don't forfeit your destiny. Hold to your dignity, hold to your prophecy. Don't forfeit your crown. Come on, worship. Don't forfeit your prophecy. Don't forfeit your crown. Hey, don't forfeit your destiny. Hold to your dignity. Come on, believe in your prophecy. Hey, hey, don't forfeit your crown. Hey. Don't forfeit your destiny. Come on, come on. Don't forfeit your crown. Don't do it, queen. Don't do it. Don't forfeit your destiny. Hey, hey. Hold to your dignity. And hold to your prophecy. Your hold to your, to, to your dignity and hold to your prophecy. To your Don't forfeit your crown. Don't forfeit your destiny. Hold to your dignity hold to your and hold to your prophecy.